0: this is what I want you to do. If you have a phone, I want you to pull it out. I am actually going to invite you to pull out your phone for the kickoff of this series because you're going to uh, participate with me in just a moment. So one of the things that I love doing is I love getting feedback from you. I love hearing from you. I love... um, Asking questions of you and finding out. And so we're going to do something today I have never done in 21 years and you're about to join me. Uh, If you're online and you have a phone or a computer, you can join us for what we're about to do. Um, So I'm going to put something on the screen. You're going to do a survey. We're going to do a survey together and we're actually going to see the live results of this survey right now. All right. So let me show you what's going to happen. You're going to go, you can either do one of two things. You can go to menti.com if you have your web browser or Open up your camera on your phone and take a picture of this right here. Go ahead. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if I was any of those. Okay, you don't have to actually take the picture. Once it, once it zooms in on this, it'll pull up the, the link. If you have a smartphone, if you have a dumb phone, go to menti.com. And, uh, and then you're going to enter, when, when it pulls up that web browser, you're going to enter 7171. 9992, all right? So pull that up, go ahead and get that out. If you're online, you can do the exact same thing. If you want, these questions are gonna be on the screen. So if you're online and you're like, oh, I can't do that right now, that's okay. Questions are gonna be on the screen and you can answer in the comments or you can jump on the survey that we're about to do. All right, so we're gonna get live poll results. We've never done this, we'll see how it works. Hopefully it works really well. If it works great, I'm probably gonna do it again for the rest of the series, we'll do it each, each time. All right, so is everybody everybody there? As much as you can? Any people there? <laughs> Is it going real slow? <laughs> okay, we'll see, how, we'll see how it works, okay? Unfortunately, we have a metal building, so it's not the best in here, but we're going to go ahead and do it. Okay, so hopefully to pull up, you might have to jump on your cell, cell signal, possibly if you have any in here, and we'll go from there. All right, All right, we're going to jump into the questions here and uh, hopefully it'll keep loading if it hasn't loaded. It's all right, if it doesn't work right now, you can still take this survey when when, when you leave, it's all good, or you can just take it right here mentally. All right, let's jump into the survey. I'm gonna put up a question and you're going to answer. It's gonna have three options. These same three options are going to be for every question that I ask, so it's very simple. It's going to be a yes, it's going to be a no, or it's going to be a I'm not sure. Those are one of your three options of your answers. All right, Cody, can we put the uh, question up here? And uh, we got it? It's here. Okay, here we go. So question number one, I believe as a Christ follower, it is necessary to be a part of the local church, all right? I believe that as a Christ follower, it is necessary to be a part of the local church, all right? So as of right now, the majority of everyone is saying yes. For those that are able to participate, it's gonna keep going, all right, all right? All right, we're gonna move on to question number two. So majority of people in here feel like it is important for you to be a part of local church. Question number two. I have experienced significant pain from people in the church. I have experienced significant pain from people in the church. That blue keeps getting higher and higher and higher. Uh, It's going higher, it's going higher, okay. So right now we're about three quarters say yes, about a quarter of y'all say no, and one of y'all says I'm not sure. Okay, all right, let's keep going. We'll go to number, question number three. I have caused significant pain towards people in the church. Oh, coming up, oh, here we go, we keep moving. Some say yes, some say no, We're, we're now at, some say I'm not sure. All right, look, we're getting there. All right. More saying no. I think people are looking at the answers like, "No, nah, I didn't." Okay, never mind. Right. Yes, no. I have caused it. All right. All right. Next question. Here we go. I am hesitant to join or get involved in a local church due to church hurt. Three say yes, 22 right now are saying no, two are saying I'm sure. So majority of y'all here are saying no. That's not that's not the case. Good deal. Good deal. All right, last one right here. We got a couple more, actually. Uh, I believe the Bible teaches I need a pastor in my life. 22 say yes, two say no. This one says unsure. More and more majority are now saying yes, yes, yes. All right, next one. I believe God's church is the hope of the world. Majority of y'all say yes on that one. We've got one that says no and none that are unsure. More and more are saying yes. All right. And I think we have one more if I'm not mistaken. I believe the New Orleans Saints will beat the Carolina Panthers today. 14 say yes. 12 are unsure. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I did say not to lie in church. Okay, so there we, there we go. All right. So that's, that's it. All right. Good deal. <laughs> All right, so the reason I did this survey was for a number of reasons, Um, and and you'll find out based off of the message that I'm about to share with you. So if you do finally get in, you can take the survey later on. That's perfectly fine. Uh, I'd love to continue to see the results as they come in from you guys. But I want to read Matthew chapter 16. It's going to be kind of our foundational theme verse for this whole series, It's Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look in verse 18 today. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll dive more and more into this verse and what it really means for us as a church. But Matthew 16 is when Jesus uh, speaks to his disciples as a whole, and he's asking them this question, who do people say that I am? And then he asks them, who do you say that I am? And Peter talks about how what people say that he is, who he is, and then and then he asked Peter directly, Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter tells him, you're the Christ, you're the son of God. And then, and then this is the, the following statement. After Peter makes that, makes that statement, Jesus says to him this verse. Can we throw that verse up for me? Matthew chapter 16, looking at verse 18. We're going to get there. All right, I'm going to read it until they get that. It says this, Matthew 16, verse 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will be Build my church. Come on, everybody say I will build my church. I will come on, let's say it again. I will say it one more time. I will. Okay, so this is this is Jesus speaking. He says, listen, on the rock, I'm gonna build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. So today in our new series called Build Your Church, we're gonna talk about what God is building. And over the course of these next, I don't really know. I know for sure five to six weeks. May go longer. We'll see how and what the Lord has to say, but I know that God is building his church. That is something that I know for sure. I know that we're not building his church. He is building his church. We're partnering with him in building his church. But why is he building the church? Why is the church so important? And, and why do I need to be a part of it? And what, how do I need to be a part of it? And so many other questions we'll dive into today or in the coming weeks. But I want to answer this first question, which is that what happens with when you know that God is building his church, but you don't really really like the church too much. What, what happens when you know God's building his church, but that same church that God is building has been the same people that have hurt you? How do, how do we process through that? How do, we, how do we get through that? And we're gonna dive a little bit more into that today. Now, I wanna start today, though, by just sharing my experience with church. My whole life, I have been raised in church. Literally, my whole life. My family uh, went to church every single Sunday. I never woke up on a Sunday and was like, what are we doing today? Like, we, how many of you grew up in a, in a house, like, you were going to church? Like, it was, like, your parents didn't ask you. Like, you're going. Unless you were, like, bleeding or vomiting everywhere. You're, you're there, you know? And if you were bleeding, they'd patch you up, and you're still going, and Jesus can heal you, okay? Like, this is kind of how it was. Like, you're going to church. And so my, my family was very much into church, my whole life, which I'm incredibly grateful for, by the way, I'm by no means against that. I'm so grateful for that. My kids are doing the same right now. And in regards to that, my family not only was kind of a Sunday church family, my family was like an all-in church family. Like it wasn't just Sundays, like they were all in, in everything that they did. And so I have some pictures. I'm going to show y'all some throwback pictures of back in the day right here. Look, This picture right here, I don't know if anybody knows who this guy is right here. Anybody know who that is? That's Pastor Jacob Aranza. Pastor Jacob, guess who he's holding? Is me. Yeah. Y'all could tell? Y'all see that? Y'all saw that? Okay. So he's holding me. This is my grandmother right here. This, Pastor Jacob, if y'all don't know, Pastor Jacob pastors our Savior's church in Lafayette and helped plant our church here in Jennings. And way before that, 40 plus years before that, was way a part of our family, he's been a part of our family for a long time, and so, um, and so here he is, he is holding me. Uh, this is right now, this is, if anybody knows my grandmother, this is my grandmother Pete right here, she has been a worship leader for many, 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 many years, she's led worship for many churches and many people, and so come on, how I many you know back in the day when you had those little phone things on the mic, come on somebody, anybody back in that old school day, transparencies, come on somebody, all right. That, that's that's what it is like a mic with a cord, what the heck? <laughs> so this is back in the day, so my grandparents were like full in on church. My grandmother was a worship leader. Uh, my grandfather was uh, was a deacon and an elder. He, he led full gospel uh, businessmen's meetings. I mean they were like all in He taught Bible studies. I mean, this was my grandparents growing up, and then of course, they raised my mom and my my aunt to be in church, and so my mom was highly involved in church, so let me show you this is a picture. Um, this is my mom. This this is "Me back in the back, my brother over here, my sister over here, Some reason we're in paper bags. I don't know why but we are in come on, how many you know? That's, that's church. That's kids' art right there, OK? Paper bags on you. I think this was a vacation Bible school, and then undoubtedly we adopted some orphan kid. I don't know who this kid is. I have no clue no clue who he is but that's just been my life so like our family was just all involved my dad would run sound Uh, my mom was in children's church helping and so I just grew up in that like I grew up going to worship practices with my grandmother laying on the pew bench like laying under doing all the army crawls under the pew bench getting I got beat in the church spanked in the church and other people spanked me in the church come on that was when you could do those things so this was like my life growing up. Like I went to youth camp and I was, I was totally involved in all that. And then I graduated high school and then came, moved to Louisiana so that I could be a part of our Savior's church. And being a part of our Savior's church, I interned at our Savior's church for a year. As a part of that internship, I met the most beautiful woman. in. look at this right here. Beautiful woman in the world. I'm playing guitar. She's sign languaging. Okay. So like, okay, she wasn't. I don't know what she was doing, but... This is like puppet ministry right here. This is it. This is, this is when I knew this is my woman right here. So she's right here. Y'all don't know my wife has a sign language and GIF. We'll show y'all later. But so this is us. This is us. So we started serving together. And then, then, of course, not only was I in the internship, then as a part of the internship, got connected with Pastor Bubba right when the church here was in the Holiday Inn. And so I came and helped lead worship for Pastor Bubba at the Holiday Inn and helped with kids and all that stuff. And then, uh, and then we got this property here. And then watch, look, look, you see this old school picture right here. This is, this is one of our old school pictures. That's, that's Allie, by the way, everybody. She was my background, okay. She was playing background. She ain't background anymore, okay. This is Pastor Jamie in the back, everybody. If you don't know, yeah, yeah, y'all didn't know he played uh, the keyboard. So this is this is one of our celebrations that we had, and and so. This is, this is just what I've been raised in. I mean, this is what I've done. I was a youth pastor here. And so on top of that was leading worship and helping one other ways. And then here's a part of our youth ministry going on outreach. Come on, look, we got some of these people up in the church. Y'all see Ryan in the back, back over there? That, that's pre-beard. That's pre-beard days. Cody's here. And look at Pastor Dustin. My sister. I mean, we got just incredible things. This is, this is way back in the day. Yet again, with all of those incredible moments that I've had, I've I've had some of the most joyous moments in my life. I I, I think about all the things that have happened in the church with me being raised in the church. Like I got saved in the church. I found spiritual family in the church. I got pastored in the church. I got equipped in the church. I got, I discovered my gifts in the church. I got to use those gifts in the church. I got some of my best friends are in the church. I learned how to be a man of God in the church. I learned how to be a father in the church. I learned how to be a husband in the church. Like I found my wife in the church. Come on, all the single men and single ladies. Okay. So don't be going to the club, get into church. you find somebody. All right. So all of those I found in the church. And here's what blesses me the most. All of my boys are now experiencing those exact same things themselves. My boys got saved in the church. My boys got baptized in the church. My boys are getting discovered in the church. They're using their gifts in the church. And hopefully, prayerfully, they will find a bride up in this church or maybe somebody else's church. Um, We're not looking right now. I just want y'all to know, but... (laughs) Down the line, down the line. Okay, so that's a little bit of, of my church experience. So some of my greatest, most joyous moments in life have been in the local church. And some of my deepest, most painful pain has been in the local church. Anybody say, I understand what you're talking about. There's some of y'all here based off of the survey that know what that's like. And so I've experienced some incredible things and I've experienced some really painful things. And those two are not at odds with one another because you know what that's called? Family. You could say that exact same statement probably about your family. I've experienced some of the greatest joys and I've experienced some of the greatest, deepest pains. And so today, I want us to look at that. I want us to look at what is it when we're church hurt. Now, when I say church hurt, let me just first off explain something. The church never hurt you. People in the church hurt you, but the church never hurt you. Okay, there are people that are in this church that maybe have hurt, but, but not the church. So when people say, the church hurt me. No, they didn't. The people who led it, the people who served in it, the people who ran it, yeah, those people maybe did. And so I want, I want us to walk through this. If you're, if you're taking notes, I want, to, I want to give you some thoughts today when it comes to this idea of church hurt. And the first thought is this, is that sometimes church hurt is unintentional. And I would even go to say oftentimes most of it is unintentional. It was never intended to be hurt. It was somebody who made a comment and didn't even think and just said the comment and, and, and it hurts you. Somebody who, who um, you know, misunderstood something that you were saying and it, and it hurt you. Somebody who, who went in the moment when you thought people should be there for you and they weren't there for you and it hurt you. And it wasn't intentional. any regards. It was oftentimes accidental, but sometimes when maybe you've had some unmet expectations, expectations you put on other people to meet your needs in some way, but you didn't ever communicate those expectations, but you expected people to fulfill those expectations, but they didn't fulfill those expectations, and therefore now you have hurt. Maybe there's been times where you, uh, you thought that something was gonna go a certain way and it didn't go the way that you thought it should go. Maybe the leadership made a decision that you didn't agree with and it hurt you. Yet again, not intentional, oftentimes unintentional, but it happens and either the way, it still hurts. Maybe you thought that you were going to get a position and you didn't get the position that you thought you were going to get and then it's, there's, there's a hurt. Maybe it was an opportunity for, for you to, to, to show up and, and no one said Hi. No one said hi. Oh, that's the most unfriendliest church ever. It's not intentional. I don't, I don't think people are walking around going, no, no. Okay? <laughs> nobody, nobody sat next to me. Nobody did this. Nobody did that. Oftentimes, yet again, it's our expectations that usually don't get met, and then they become, they become hurts. So sometimes it's unintentional. I've had countless moments where I've had to sit down with people, and they said, you did this, and it hurt me. And I go, I don't even know what you're talking about. It was un- intentional, but sometimes church hurt is intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional, but sometimes it is intentional. Sometimes it, it is intentional when people get, a, get some kind of uh, information about you, maybe via a life group, and then they go and share that with other people that they shouldn't be sharing that with. That's intentional. That's intentional. And then they, they claim it as like, hey, let's, this is a prayer request. We always spiritualize prayer requests. It's about somebody else, but it's a prayer request. (laughs) I I often just say, hey, listen, did they give you permission to share that prayer request with other people? Okay, maybe it was someone who actually really did something. Maybe the pastor had an affair. Maybe the pastor mishandled money. Maybe the church mishandled money. Maybe there was church politics that was going on and it was all just messy. Maybe there was actual sexual abuse. There are people that have actually been sexually abused in the church. Maybe it's spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse is just as, as big as anything else. Spiritual abuse is when that there's, uh, there's leaders that use their authority not for the purpose of blessing, but for the purpose of taking And when they try to put more on you than you can actually handle, and and then when you try to leave, they defame you for leaving. That's intentional hurt, and that that is wrong. And, And let me say it this way. Spiritual abuse is so damaging because not only does it affect your relationship with people and the church, it affects your relationship with God. And so that's why I felt like before we could go any further and really talk about what God is trying to build in his church, the first thing we need to do is make sure that our foundation is healed, whole, and solid. And so if there are areas of church, because I'm talking about, like, man, let's build the church. And you're like, I don't like the church. We got an issue. We need to to go there. We need to to talk about that. And so I, I, I want you to hear me very closely. Whatever happened to you, whether it was unintentionally or intentionally, I know it hurts. I know that. But I need everybody to tune in right here. Everybody look at me. If you're online, watch me right now. People are the best and worst part of the church. I'm gonna say that one again. People are the best. And worst part of the church. Ready? Watch this. Wherever people are, problems are. Wherever people are, problems are. And I love the best part of the church. And I have been hurt by the worst part of the church. And the crazy thing, they're both people. They're both people. And so anywhere there are people, there's always going to be problems and This is not something new. When you go and look all throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament church, the church had church hurt. I'm gonna show you. I could spend all day just giving you examples of this all throughout scripture, but we don't have enough time for all that. And so I wanna just share three scriptures with you. And I'm gonna go to the New Testament because this is the New Testament church, the very beginning of the church. It's not anything new. It's been all throughout the first century church. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 through 4. Y'all come with me here. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 through 4. Watch what Paul, these are all what Paul writes about the church and what they walk through. You still live as men who are not Christians. He's writing this to the church. Y'all think any of my messages are hard? You just need to read Paul. I just want to let you know that. Because Paul comes in, he says, you don't even live like Christians. When you are jealous and, come on, ain't nothing like a good church fight, okay? You're jealous and you're fighting with one another. You are still living in sin and acting like a sinful men in the world. I mean, no, that's some church hurt. That's some, you're jealous with one another. You're hurting each other because you're jealous of one another. And then on top of your jealousy, you're fighting with one another. You're acting like people who don't even say they belong to Jesus. And he's confronting it. Watch the next, next chapter, he says, or, or the, next, the next book in 1 Corinthians. Two chapters later in, in chapter five, he says, someone has told me about a sex sin among you. Oh, now he's getting real personal. It is so bad that even the people who who don't know God wouldn't even do it. I mean, no, that's a pretty bad sexual sin because I know a lot of people who don't know God and I'm like, ooh. He's going, even the people who don't know God, look at what you're doing in the church and going, I wouldn't even do that. Like, you're hurting people Because of your lack of integrity in the area of sexuality, I've been told that one of the men is is living with his father's wife as if she were his wife. Come on, that's a little crazy there, all right? So watch, he says, instead of being sorry, you're proud of yourselves. And the man who is living like that should be I mean, Paul's addressing it right on, like, hey, listen, I know this is, you've been hurting people, you've been living a life that is contrary to what you say that you're doing, and we've got to address this, and unfortunately, you're not humble in accepting this. You are proud, and you are arrogant, and you want to do your own thing, and he's telling the church, get him out of there. Get him out of there. Now, the Apostle Paul did not just address church hurt. I want to show you today, in our last moments that we have together, Where I want to go today is I want to show you how he was hurt. Apostle Paul didn't just address it. He experienced it himself. And so I want us to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is a book that he writes to a spiritual son of his, Timothy. He has planted him in a city to pastor a church. And so he's writing to Timothy. The 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy are just absolutely incredible books. I would encourage you to go read any of those. But in 2 Timothy, he gets really, really personal. Because this is like a spiritual son of his. And so he's just sharing a very vulnerable place of his heart. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. He, he says, hey, guy. He said, Timothy, look, Demas, what did he do? He left me. Yeah. He loved the things of this world, and he's gone to the city of Thessalonica. Then watch this. Verse 14. He says, and Alexander. Y'all know Alexander? And watch. He's like putting names to this. Demas, he's out. He left me. Alexander, yeah, the guy who makes uh, things out of copper. Yeah, he's worked He's worked hard against me. The, the Lord will give him the pay that is coming to him. Watch him. He fought against every word we preached. Then he goes in in verse 16. He says, and at my first trial, no one helped me. I was at the hospital. Nobody showed up. I was over here, nobody, nobody called, nobody came. What's the deal? Everyone left me. I hope this will not be held against them. We'll get into that in just a minute. All right. So here's the question that I'm going to answer in our 20 minutes left that we have together. What do you do when you've been church hurt? What do you do? And I think the Apostle Paul gives us an outline of, of what we should do when we've been hurt by church people. And so I'm going to give you some thoughts here. I'm going to give you five things, and we're going to roll. Number one, acknowledge the hurt. Just acknowledge the hurt. Paul, Paul did not try to deny it. He didn't try to dismiss it. He didn't try to downplay it. He said, yep, yeah, Demas left me. Mm-hmm. Alexander, yeah, the guy who makes all that copper, he's been working against me ever since I've been here. Yep, and guess what? When I went to trial, nobody showed up. He just acknowledged the fact that he was actually hurt. He didn't act like he was tough on the outside when he was really hurting on the inside. And I want everybody to listen. I know people have been hurt in our church. I know it. I... Lindsay and I love this church so dearly. In any hurt that we have caused, I know there's been things that I've said that have hurt people. I know there's been things that I've done that have hurt people. I know there have been decisions I've made that have hurt people. And I know that some of our leaders have made mistakes. I know some of our staff has mishandled situations not the way that it probably should have happened. I want everybody to look at me. I'm sorry. Like, I am deeply sorry. I'm sorry that someone didn't show up when you wanted them to show up. I'm sorry that someone said something that they probably shouldn't have said. Like, I, I want you to hear me from the bottom of my heart. That is not our intentions in any way. I know some of you have been hurt by other churches. I know some of you have been hurt by other pastors. And on behalf of those pastors and those churches, and if they never said it to you, I'm sorry. I know it hurt. I've been there. I know it hurt. But I want you to hear us. It is never the heart of a true shepherd to ever hurt his sheep. It's never. But unfortunately, just as all of you, I am imperfect. I am, I am yet a man. The best of men are men at best. And if you stick around long enough at our Savior's Church, I'll probably hurt you again. Not my intentions nothing that's in my heart ever wants to hurt any people whatsoever. And I pray that that's the case for some churches as well. But I want you to hear, I'm I'm sorry. And I acknowledge that there is hurt. I acknowledge that people have been hurt. I recognize that. And I think the first thing we've got to do is is not say like, oh no, I'm fine. When you clearly know you're not. I know what that's like. Oh no, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. When it is a big deal. And so I, I, I apologize. I love you. I want what's best for you. Every time I get up on this stage, I want to preach a message that fills your tank, but also more than anything, gets the applause of heaven more than you. And sometimes that will come across maybe in ways that doesn't seem too loving. Sometimes that can come across as being offensive. I don't want to do that anyway. I don't want in any way that I lead to be that way. I don't want any way that I lead deters people from ever wanting to follow Jesus. Gandhi said, "I love your Christ. I just don't like your Christians." And God, I pray that that is never said about us in our church. But if it is, I'm sorry. So the first thing we have to do is we just have to acknowledge the hurt. The second thing that we have to do is we have to be confident that the Lord will deal with those who hurt you. I want you to see what, what, Timothy, uh, what Paul said to Timothy when he said this. Watch this. He said, Alexander, the man who makes things out of copper, who has worked hard against me. The Lord, everybody say that. The, let's say it again. The Lord, what will he do? He's gonna give him the pay that is coming to him. Now, can we be all really, really brutally honest in here? What is your gut reaction when someone hurts you? You want to hurt them back, don't you? In whatever way that may be. However, you're like, yeah, I'll pray. I'll pray for them. I'll pray they get hemorrhoids, and I'll pray that they get... come on somebody. Like, don't act like you never prayed something like that. Okay, like, man, I, 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 want, I want payback. I, you know, that's karma. They get what they deserve. Did you? So I, I, I want you to hear me very closely. You don't overcome evil by revenging it. You just continue it. Well, I'm going to let everybody know on Facebook. Let everybody know what's going on. What is that going to help other than make you look like the fool? Don't play that game. Don't play that game. Don't, don't take revenge in your own hands. Listen, if you can't stay somewhere, yes, walk away. That's perfectly fine. But you would rather walk away with your peace than stay there and try to fight for something that you're never supposed to be fighting for. This is the Lord's battle. The Lord will handle what needs to get him. Don't, don't. When you're hurt, don't try to get even. Don't retaliate. Let God fight for you. Look what Paul said in another book in Romans when he was talking about them about the same thing. They had been hurt by people. In Romans 12, verse 19 says, don't take, come on, say it. Don't take, Revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. There are way too many people that when they get hurt, they do not leave room for God. They become God. Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to take things into my own hands. Well, you go ahead and do that and see how that plays out for you. Paul says, leave room. Just, Just leave some room. Let God intervene in that moment for it is written, it is mine to avenge I will repay, says the Lord. I will repay, says the Lord. So when the, when, the, when, when the world says, no, no, they hurt you, you need to hurt them. When they hurt you, no, 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 you need, to, you need to make your case right. You need to defend yourself. You've been falsely accused. You need to stand up for yourself. Don't let people run all over you. Don't let people take advantage of you. I, hear me, hear me, hear me. God sees, God knows, and God will defend You do not have to defend your own honor. If you are living in righteousness, God will defend you. He will make things right. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen way too many times. And I've seen too many people step into it to try to play God, and they make it worse. And so just be confident to leave it into God's hand and leave Him room for Him to work on your behalf. Number three, this one's huge here don't confuse God's people with God. (laughs) don't you confuse God's people with God. When people get hurt by God's people, they can start believing that God is just like his people. And unfortunately, listen to me, unfortunately, the church and church people don't always look and act like Jesus. How many of you would say, Okay, here we go. We're honest for self here. How many would say, there have been times you have not looked and acted like Jesus all the time. Come on, raise your hand. If you're not, you a liar, all right? And now you definitely ain't looking like Jesus, okay? Can we all go ahead and just agree that there have been attitudes of mine that have not been Christ-like? There have been things that have come out of my mouth that have been not been Christ-like. And dear God, may people on the outside not look at God's people and expect them to be God. Don't confuse God's people with God. Well, the church hurt me. No, the church did not hurt you. The people there did hurt you. Yes. But we can't confuse those two. And what what ends up happening is when we get hurt by the church, we begin to put on our hurt filter. And every church that we see and every church person we see, we see through that filter. And then what ends up happening worse is we begin to see God through that filter. And so this is, watch what he says in in 2 Timothy 4, now verse 17. When he he talks to, to Timothy, he says, but the Lord was with me. Hey, when Demas left me and Alexander was accusing me and coming against me and nobody showed up whenever I needed them, but guess what? The Lord was with me. The Lord was with me and he gave me power to preach the good news to all the people who don't know God uh, might hear. I was taken out of the mouth of the lion. The Lord will look after me and he will keep me from every sinful plan they have. He will bring me safe into his holy nation of heaven. May he have all the shining greatness forever. Let it be so. Hey, everybody, tune in. Church people will hurt you. God never will. Church people may leave you. God never will. Church people may make accusations against you. God never will. Do not confuse God's people with God Himself. God is faithful to His promises. God is forever loving. God is forever forgiving. God is, God, listen, does God correct us? Absolutely He does. But maybe the way some people have done it might not always be the way that God does it. So let's not confuse that. Here we go. Number four. This is another big one. Don't give up on all people because of some people. Can we just let that sink in for a moment? Don't give up on all people because of some people. Listen, I totally get why some people never go back to church. I get it. When you have been vulnerable, And when you have trusted people and you have put your heart into things and people betray that, hurt that, malign that, I can totally get why people go, I'm never doing that again. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Because the closer you are in relationship, watch this, then the closer you are in proximity to pain. The closer you are in relationship, then the greater the possibility for pain. And so I I understand. So people are are, are at a distance like, I'm gonna come, but I'm just not gonna get plugged in. I'm not gonna share my heart. I'm not gonna do it because I know if I do that, there's a greater possibility for pain. And yes, that is true. That is true. If we treated our marriage like that, we would realize like, yeah, that's true, but your marriage probably would not be a good one. I'm just not going to get close to you because you're probably going to leave me. Well, guess what? If you don't get close, you're probably right. And so what ends up happening is is we, we stiff arm people, we stiff arm all people because of some people. Some people who have hurt us has now injured our heart to a place where we view all people through the some people. And so... My challenge to all of us is to not give up on all people because of some people. We, and so we get hurt, and our walls get up, and we get distanced, and then we say things like, no one's ever going to hurt me again, and you know, you sit in this service right here, and you're like, I shall not move. <laughs> get in next step, no. Get in a life group, uh-uh. I will be here, I'll sit in my seat, I'll throw some money in the basket, and then I'm going to go do whatever I want to do, because I ain't experiencing that again. I ain't putting my heart out there again. I ain't doing that again. And I get it. I get it. But let me ask you this question. Any of y'all ever been to a restaurant, and you got there, and you got up to the little hostess, you know, little table, and she's like, yeah, it's going to be about 30 minutes. You know, you know, okay, okay. You know, you're weighing out. Like, do we really like this place or not? And, you, you know, you finally decide, okay, we're going to sit in the waiting room. So you're sitting in the waiting room. You ever had this happen? And then another group comes in. They go up to the hostess table. And then, and then the lady's like, right this way. Yeah. And you're like, what the? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They came in after me. They got seated. And y'all ever had have that, have that happen? You got to like guard your heart there for a moment. Like, what's And then you're sitting, you're sitting, you're sitting, you're sitting. And then you finally go up to the table, to the hostess table. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry after we forgot. And like she's scrambling and you realize she forgot about you, but she don't want to say she forgot about you and all that kind of, okay. And then they finally get you to the place and then you you get there and you get to the table and then the waitress is rude. You ever had just like a waiter or waitress that was just rude? Like they just, you just realize like they probably just had a hard day and they were just they were just rude and all that they did and then and then they went and they, they got your food and it, your food took forever and then you finally get your food there and your food's not what you really ordered and then you got to take it back and then you're like you don't want to say anything because you're like are they gonna spit in it come on has anybody ever thought that before we went to a restaurant this past week we had something ordered to our house and it wasn't right and I was like babe we need to send that back she's like I'm not gonna send it back they're gonna spit in it I'm like what are you talking about. Now, yet again that may have happened someplace let's not put it on all places okay so we've all probably been there okay and then it and then it comes back and it's cold or it's not right you, you know and, and then the worst thing is like they come and then they make you pay for all of it they didn't even offer to like comp anything like can i get a dessert can i get like a discount on the bill like can i ain't nothing and so watch this. So, so you walk away from that restaurant. It's a terrible experience. Let me ask you a question. So do you just go, I'm not going to any more restaurants. No more restaurants for us. You know what? I'm giving up on eating. I'm not even eating anymore either. <laughs> no, that's like ludicrous. You wouldn't do that. You probably would leave that restaurant and go, where you want to go eat? Let's go eat somewhere. Just because something happened at one place doesn't mean it happens at all places. And just because it happened because of one person doesn't mean it even represents even that that restaurant as a whole. Could have been one bad experience and one bad hostess and one bad waitress, and yet we write write it off often all the time. Now, if it's repetitive, then we go, okay, yeah, I, I can't go to that place. But I guarantee you, you start going to another restaurant, I guarantee you, you don't stop eating. And the same is with church. Why do we write off God and write off the church? Well, God, uh, okay, I tried this God thing. And, oh, I tried the church thing, and I can't, I can't do this anymore. No, you, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't put something on all people when it was just some people. Don't judge all Christians by the actions of some Christians. And don't judge all churches by the actions of some churches. Paul knew, though, that in spite of the church hurting him, watch this, this is the hugest part, that he still needed the church. Watch, watch what verse nine says. Come to me. He's writing to Timothy. Come to me, here as soon as you can. Luke is the only one that is with me here. Hey, bring Mark, bring Mark, because when you come, He's going to what? Help. He's going to what? Help. Come on, say it again. He's going to what? He's, he, he has just been a help to me in this work. Hey, I know I've been hurt by the church. I know I've been hurt by church people. I know they've deserted me. I know they've left me. I know they didn't do what they want. But hey, I still need the church. I still need it. Timothy, come. Mark, bring Mark. Y'all come, y'all come. I need you, I need you. I need you in this time more than ever. Come, come, come. Yes, people have hurt me. Yes, people have deserted me, but I still need God's people because if people are the ones who bring the hurt, watch this, this is only in God's way, then people are also the ones who come and bring the healing and the help. If people bring the hurt, but God also reverses and says, these are also, they're gonna be people who bring healing and there's gonna be people who bring help. God uses the church to heal church hurt. And I realize some of you are like, no, he doesn't, no, he doesn't, no, he doesn't. That's okay. You can disagree with me all you want. But I'm just telling you right now, what the enemy uses to divide, to distract, and to plant a seed in your heart that is against not just God's people, what the enemy is ultimately after is your relationship with God himself. God says the same thing that put a seed in you is the same people who can take a seed out of you and bring you in a place and bring you healing and hope and help and all the things that you're looking for come through the same vehicle, which is why the enemy fights so hard. Listen, it's why the enemy fights so hard that when you've been hurt by church people that you now disconnect from church, you disconnect from people. You, you, have you ever noticed you distance yourself? No, 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 not happening again, no, no, no. Do you not think that that is a plan of the enemy? Do you not think that that is a strategy that he has? This is why, this is why we do life groups together so you can get into a healthy place. Are our life groups perfect? No, because where people are, problems are. I get it, I get it. This is why we say, hey, listen, get in next step. Just, man, come learn about the church. Get connected into a church. If we can be that for you, praise God. If it's somewhere else, praise God. Just get connected. The Bible says those who are planted in the house flourish. Not those who attend the house. Not those who watch the house. But those who are planted in the house. The promises of God is that they will flourish, that flourishing will come out of their life. Flourishing comes out. God, healing comes out. Help comes out. Last one, number five. Don't forfeit your purpose because of the pain. Watch what he says in verse 17. But the Lord was with me and he gave me power to preach the good news so that all the people who do not know God might hear. Paul knew that his purpose was to preach the gospel and even in the face of being hurt by church people, he did not allow that to stop the purpose of God that was on his life. And I know way too many people who have been hurt by church people that no longer are doing what God called them to do because they don't want to be back into the place that God can use them to do that because of fear of getting hurt again. Yet again, you think that's a clever way of the enemy? To now get his church to not be doing what they were called to do because of someone that did something that they shouldn't have done? Say, God, I'm I'm, I'm following you. I'm I'm gonna keep doing what you're calling me to do. You know what, maybe maybe the church that you're in, it's not the place to do it in. But it doesn't mean you're supposed to stop. And I, I understand that there's gotta be healing. When you've been hurt, you break your foot. You can't run like you wanna run. I get it. And some of you right now, you wanna run, but your foot is broken. And today by the spirit of God, I believe he's wanting to to bring some healing. I believe that the spirit of the living God is wanting to pour out a healing oil over people right now. And what the enemy has used to distract you from purpose, to distance you from the purpose because of pain, for you not to do that. Colossians chapter three says it this way, make allowance for what? We're going to talk way more about this next week. What does this look like? When should I speak up? How should I speak up? When should I confront hurt that's happening to me? When do I overlook it? We'll talk about that. But I know Paul's telling us we need to make an allowance for it. You only make an allowance for something that you know is coming your way. So, Other people are going to have a fault against you. How many of you got to make allowance for your spouse? You know that they're going to be doing something stupid at some point. Anybody make an allowance for that at some times? Okay, it's, it's here. We know it. Lindsay has made a ton of allowance for me. But I've got to make allowances for those things. Watch. And I've got to forgive. Who? Anyone. Who does what to me? Who offends me. Remember. The Lord forgave you, so you're gonna to have to forgive others. We can learn from Paul in the middle of being hurt by church. Paul lived a life of forgiveness. I'll end with this. People in pain can't stop your purpose, but how you respond can. People in pain can't stop your purpose, but how you respond can. Watch Bitterness can stop your purpose. Gossip can stop your purpose. Unforgiveness can't stop your purpose. How you respond to how things happen to you can stop your purpose if you allow it to. Don't allow these things to stop your purpose. Hebrews twelve fifteen last verse says this, look after each other so that no one, that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out. What do we need to watch out for? Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. No poisonous root of bitterness. Bitterness is like cancer to the soul. Here's why because it never stays where it starts. It never stays where it starts. And so Paul says, hey, watch out, watch out, watch out. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. But watch out, because when you get hurt, there's going to be an opportunity for a seed to get planted in your heart called bitterness. But you better watch out for it, because it's not just any seed. It's not just a seed that's going to plant great things in your life. It is a poisonous seed. And when poison gets in your body, it just doesn't stay where it starts. It infects everything. Bitterness doesn't just affect your relationship with the church. It affects your relationship with God, it affects your relationship with your spouse, it affects your relationship with your kids, it affects your relationship with your coworkers, it affects everything around you, it affects your purpose, it affects affects everything, which is why he's telling us watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. In the church, you're gonna have opportunity. You're gonna have an opportunity to get hurt, you're gonna have opportunity to get bitter, it's gonna be there and hear me very closely, I've had a lot of those opportunities myself But I've learned I have two options when I get hurt. I can stay bitter or I can live better. I can stay bitter and stay in that or I can live better. Well, well, how do I handle it? We'll talk about that next week. It's okay. We'll get there. But today, can we just address the fact, can we just acknowledge the fact that maybe it has happened? Can we just acknowledge the fact that that maybe I've put on all people what has happened by some people? Can Can we acknowledge the fact that maybe I haven't fully gone into things that I know God has called me to go into because of the hurt that's happened to me? I believe God today is wanting to help us walk through this because no one has been more hurt by the church than Jesus. Would everybody agree with that? No one's been hurt more by the church than Jesus Christ. And yet he still loves her. He still blesses her, He still forgives her, He still believes the best in her. Come on, let I me mean, know, we need Jesus to help us to know how to process through this, to know how to walk through this. And so if I'm a follower of Jesus, Jesus, I wanna have the same attitude you have about the church. I wanna, be, I wanna be the same way you are with the church. God, he's been hurt and he is continually being hurt by the church and yet Jesus still shows up. He still shows up and he still loves and he still gives himself and he still forgives and he still believes and he still trusts and he still, this is what he just continues to do. And so either God is sovereign or pain is sovereign. Either God is sovereign or pain is sovereign. If pain is sovereign, then it it, it rules everything. But if God is sovereign, how many know he can take the worst pain, the worst heartache, everything that Jesus died, he went into a grave, but he rose again on the third day. And if he rose again, how many know you and I can rise again and believe God and trust God, surrender to God? So I want us to do this in this room as we close today. I want you to just close your eyes all across this room. If you're online right there with me, and would you just ask this question, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And what I love about the spirit of God is that he does exactly that. He begins to speak. Maybe as you ask that question, a a face popped up. Maybe an instant popped up. Maybe a moment popped up. And if you were being honest, that is still a wound. Here's how you know you've been healed. You can touch it and it doesn't hurt anymore. And some of you, you're not there yet. It's still a wound. And I'm praying today for a miraculous healing to take place. I'm praying that God would turn this sanctuary into a recovery room. That those that are in here, maybe it's, maybe it's an issue you've had with someone that's here in this room or someone that's in this church. Maybe this is someone that has outside of this church. Maybe it's another church. Maybe it's another leader. Maybe it was a family member that says they love God, but they've been living a lifestyle that you're like, if that's what God's like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But whatever it may be today, would you just surrender that to the Lord? I believe God wants to bring some healing. And I recognize healing's not instantaneous. I know it takes time. I know it takes process. But may this be the beginning of healing that happens in your life. I declare today a healing bomb over the people in this church. I declare today that the wounds and the offenses would be healed. I declare today that what the enemy put as a dart in the heart of people, that by the spirit of God, you would begin to remove the poisonous, toxic dart that has been in people's heart. And Jesus, I pray right now that that would just begin to drain out of your people now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord. I pray the blood of Jesus to come and be like a healing antidote to the heart of your people in this moment. If you're here in this room and you say, man, this, this is for me, I know this is for me. I don't want anybody looking around, but I, I, if that's you, I want you just to shoot your hands up and say, this is me, I know this is me. God is speaking to me right now. If that's you, hands going up all across this room, this is me, I just want you to receive this right now. I've asked the worship team to come back up and I, I, I want us to, to sing a, a declaration. I want us to sing a song and I wanna at this time actually invite our, our prayer and ministry team to come up now. We're gonna close this service a little differently than we normally do. Because I believe that there are some of you that are in this room that you, you, need, to, you need to share that. You need to get that off your heart. You need to, you need to walk out of here without that on you anymore. And so we wanna be an opportunity to, to pray for you, to pray with you. And so while we're worshiping, I want you just to come forward. I, w- I want you just to get this off, get this off your heart. I want us to give us, give God all that we have. I want you to say, God, no matter what has happened, no matter what has hurt me, God, my heart belongs to you. You can have it all today. We pray all this.